Hi everyone and welcome back into the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the host of the podcast as well as manager of BT Powerhouse. Coming to you live uh, December 5th in the evening following the conclusion of the 2019 Big Ten ACC Challenge. Great, great event this year uh it's generally always you know a lot of people call it the unofficial start of the college basketball season of course we here at uh bt powerhouse don't agree with that uh but in a lot of ways it is really the the time when the season starts to pick up the matchups really really start heating up and we start really having a an idea on how the league is going to shape up how things look nationally it's sort of, uh, you know, if the opening weekend games, you know, Champions Classic, uh, Gavit games are sort of your dipping your foot in the water, uh, this is when you, you get to that midsection, you know, going into the pool where you start really having an idea if, of what's coming ahead. But so, yeah, on today's podcast, really just want to spend a lot of time talking about that. Maybe a, a very, very brief look ahead to this weekend, if that, for the what, I, what I'm calling the Big Ten appetizer, uh, which is, you know, for those who haven't been following as closely, I know I talked about this uh, earlier this summer, but the Big Ten, I believe this is the second year the Big Ten is playing 20 conference games before it used to be 18, but they decided to cre- increase it to 20 for two reasons. The first is with the additions of Maryland and Rutgers, we really started having an off-balance Big Ten schedule. Uh, you know, for instance, not to target them specifically, but Michigan State a couple years ago, they won the Big Ten regular season title. They only had to play the you know the top two or three teams once, and I believe most of them were at home. So they really got it just a really favorable draw to the the Big Ten slate, and because because of things uh, you know the additions of of Maryland and Rutgers, it really started getting unbalanced, unfairly unbalanced in my opinion. So what this does is you know they figure with two more games for each team. It's going to even things out a little bit. You know, you're not going to get this this year where you get to avoid the you know the top five teams on the road or or something ridiculous uh, of that nature. But the second though was so they could guarantee some rivalry games for the double plays. You know, Michigan, Michigan State are going to play twice every year. Indiana, Purdue are going to play twice every year. Illinois, Northwestern, some of those rivalry games. So we got to really you know we're going to get a more balanced schedule and then we're also going to get the rivalry games which I was a big fan of. I'm not necessarily the the biggest fan of the 20 game slate. I think it has its positives and negatives, but I definitely like the the rivalry aspect to it, you know, guaranteeing those double plays for the Big Ten's top rivalry games. So uh, that will be this weekend. Again, the, the Big Ten appetizer, as I'm calling it, you know, you're going to get to uh, dip your toe in as, as far as the Big Ten conference play. I know Michigan and Iowa play on Friday night. That should be a fun one. Michigan State and Rutgers on Sunday. And then the big one on Saturday, which is Indiana at Wisconsin. Both teams in a position where that game is going to matter a lot. So a lot of fun stuff on the slate. But today, you know, I really want to focus on the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which just wrapped up on Wednesday night. Um, as mentioned, a lot of great games. You know, this is one of those years where uh, 
I, I wrote about this a little bit um, in a roundtable discussion that's going to be on BTP uh, either late tonight or early Friday morning. But one of the things uh, about the Big Ten ACC Challenge, for those who don't know, all the matchups are, are set in the off season and they're set by ESPN which is kind of unique you know usually it's the conferences or the athletic departments and the schools setting everything up this is one where the TV network actually <laughs> controls the matchups for the most part you know obviously there there are exceptions and you know they have to work with with the schools and whatnot but really you know they have the control over it which is why you know year in and year out you get to see these really high profile mo- matchups that are great for TV, you know, that people that want to watch, which makes sense. ESPN wants viewers. They want to make money so they can sell advertising. I mean, it, it makes sense. But however, because of that, they're generally based a lot on early off-season projections, which sometimes are very accurate and sometimes aren't so much. So what that does is, you know, if you have a team that is ranked in the top 10, you know, for instance, a couple years ago, people may remember Michigan's first Final Four team with John Beeline, Trey Burke, those, that group, they played North Carolina State. And both teams, I believe, were ranked in the top five preseason. Uh, Michigan held up its end of the bargain, obviously, making it to the Final Four. But NC State did not. I think by the end of the year, they were a fringe top 25 team, if that. And early in the season, they had lost a couple. A, A lot of the luster had come off that game, even though it was still a big game. But NC State, it was pretty apparent by that time, had been overrated. And as a result, Michigan got a pretty manageable matchup at home against, uh, or, you know, given how well how well the Wolverines uh, did that year. But so my point there being that sometimes these matchups look great on paper in, you know, May, June, July, but by the time we get around to early December, they don't look so good. This is a year where I frankly, I think they delivered more than they didn't. I mean, the Louisville-Michigan game, what a great matchup. Top five teams. Louisville ends up coming out on top. Michigan State-Duke, I ended up getting a chance to go to that game. Obviously, uh, Michigan State came out flat, and the game wasn't all that competitive at the end. But great atmosphere, huge matchup, top 11 teams in the the AP poll. Um, And then, of course, Ohio State going to North Carolina. And I know some of these games were a little bit lopsided, but I thought they were great matchups against uh, great teams. And you got it just about about every night. So um, the Big Ten, when all was said and done, comes out with an 8-6 to six win. You know, I, I'm using air quotes right now because, uh, you know, the two conferences aren't playing each other. You know, it's not a number one versus number one. You know, they try to do that kind of stuff, but it's really just 14 matchups between the league, and they may or may not be even. <laughs> so the Big Ten wins, comes out on top, and I think the obvious question, anytime we come out of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, this is a big, again, as I mentioned, for a lot of people, this is when the college basketball season starts. This is when they tune in, college football, for the most part, wrapping up last weekend. We still have championship games and bowl games, but the main college football schedule concluded last weekend right after Thanksgiving. So a lot of those eyes are now turning to college basketball and, you know, how's my how's my basketball team doing? I've been focusing on football for the last couple of months. So a lot of that and 
Um, this is a, a chance where the Big Ten really can improve its perception nationally, and I think the, the league did just that. In fact, Ken Palm actually bumped up the Big Ten to first overall as a conference uh, following Ohio State's win over North Carolina last night. So that was a big one, um, not only for the Buckeyes, but for the entire league. And, you know, at this point, I think the Big Ten has a great argument that it's the best in the country. It's the deepest. Um, I think the bottom of the Big Ten is weaker than it has been in years past. But I think you look at those top seven, eight teams, and particularly the top four or five, I mean, it is stacked. I mean, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Maryland, those are five teams that I think are more than capable of doing some major damage in March. And, you know, I we're going to need to see a little bit more before we start talking Final Fours and, and that kind of stuff. But I don't know how you sit here and look at any of those teams and could conclude. The only exception maybe being Michigan State, which we'll get to a little bit later. But at least four of those teams, I think you look at what they've done so far. And, I mean, Purdue last night, Purdue's been a little shaky this year, but blows out Virginia at home, the reigning national champions. I mean, that's a huge, huge win. And if they can do that to Virginia and the nation's best uh, defensive unit, I don't know how you you can't sit there and look and say, yeah, they're a contender to get to the second weekend, if not further, in March. So I think the Big Ten in, in great shape. And the main question after this, you know, the perception of the Big Ten's obviously improved because of this event, not that it was in the dumpster or anything, but obviously you go out and perform like this on a big stage, it's going to turn some heads. But the question is, again, as I mentioned, because of these matchups, because of the fact that, you know, these are not 14 games played on a neutral floor, it's a variety of teams made for, you know, TV purposes playing in different venues. For instance, I, I routinely would say this, you know, a lot of times what I have been so frustrated about with the, the Big Ten ACC challenges, it seems like they'll put a team that has some name value but really isn't that great that year, put them on the road into a, uh, uh, you know, a, snakes, a snake pit. Um, you know, for instance, I, I think a couple years ago, I, I believe they put like Indiana on the road against Duke or um, something like that. And they had, they had no chance. They were not going to come out of there with a win in that game. Um, and they've done that a couple of times to, you know, some of the teams where, you know, maybe they had some success the year before, but it was clear they were going to regress and they put them on the road to face somebody really tough. That I don't think that's good for anybody, but... You know, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to get too off track on that. But um, the question, again, is, is this a byproduct of the matchups? Or was this just the Big Ten being that good? And for me, as I said before, I think these matchups were very well set up. You know, maybe ESPN lucked into some of that. But I think they were very well set up. And I think, frankly, uh, they did just... The Big Ten just performed well. This wasn't, you know, they lucked into upsetting a certain team at home or, you know, their bad teams played the best teams so they could use those results and have an advantage in all the other games. Or, you know, this wasn't a weird matchup result where, you know, they improved because they just happened to luck out in that. No, the Big Ten came out, they delivered, uh, performed very well, and scored some marquee, marquee wins that are going to be huge on Selection Sunday. So with that, I, I think, frankly, I underestimated the Big Ten this offseason. I think a lot of people did. And I, I think if you are the league, 
Again, I hate to talk about this so much because it's something that has really uh, probably gotten irritating for Big Ten fans, but this year, the Big Ten at the top is as deep as I can remember uh, in a while, at least since the 2013-2014 the run where you know you had Michigan rolling, Indiana rolling, Ohio State rolling. Um, this is as deep as I can remember it at the very, very top because, again, I think you can make a strong argument. Even Michigan State, I know people are down on them, and as I said, we'll talk about them in a second, but even the Spartans... I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here and say that they can't make the Final Four right now because that's still a great squad. They still have a Hall of Fame coach. They're more than capable of doing some damage in March. They have Cassius Winston, who, for my money, is still the best player in the Big Ten. And that Michigan State might be the fifth best team in the Big Ten at the moment. So, I mean, I, I think you look at it and you have to think, you know, is this going to be the year the Big Ten finally breaks the national title streak uh, or drought? I should call it. Um, you know, it's been since 2000, since the Big Ten actually delivered and, and won it all. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to promise anything, but to me, I don't see a juggernaut out there as far as a team that's clearly head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, if you look at Ken Palm right now, Louisville's number one. I know Louisville got a double-digit win over Michigan last night, but, you know, Michigan obviously had the... Uh, the scheduling quirk where they're coming back from the Bahamas going on the road to play Louisville on Tuesday night. Um, Louisville had plenty of time. You know, they didn't, I, I don't want to sit here and just make excuses for Michigan, but I think you can make a very reasonable case that Louisville had some favorable timing as far as the schedule is concerned. Cards hadn't played anybody of note all year. So this is the real first game. Michigan's coming off a gauntlet coming back from an international game uh, or tournament, rather, and go on the road to play Louisville in its first game. So I I think if you sit here, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, Louisville is clearly head and shoulders above. Michigan clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. And they're number one on Ken Palm. Ohio State's number two on Ken Palm. And the Buckeyes have looked great. They blew out Nova. They blew out UNC. With that said, though, um, you know, the Nova game, I'm I'm not sure if if Nova's quite as good as we thought. UNC also another team that, you know, already picked up a couple losses this year. I I think it's clear they're they're probably not the top five team some people thought they were. Um, And Ohio State, you know, they did get challenged out of the gate by Cincinnati for a bit. Ended up winning that game rather comfortably when all was said and done, but... Still, I don't think Ohio State's a, a clearly, you know, the Villanova of a couple years ago or um, Duke and Kentucky a couple years before that. I don't feel like they're one of these teams where you sit back and say, you know, we're going to need them to play. And again, I'm talking from a national title sense, not from a, an average team sense. But, you know, if, if you're Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, any of these teams, I don't think you look at a Louisville or Ohio State and say, you know, we can't beat them unless uh, they don't play at their best. You know, I I think, frankly, if Purdue plays at their best, they can beat Ohio State. They can beat Louisville. And I feel the same about, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, um, this this top five group or so. That's, That's how I feel. So, I mean, to me, with, you know, maybe a little bit of a down top end in college basketball, yeah, I absolutely think 
this is probably the best shot the Big Ten's had in a while as far as, you know, at this point in the season because, you know, the Big Ten has had a couple of teams play in the title game uh, recently, so obviously that, that was a better shot than as we sit here uh, in December. But I think as far as you know, sitting here first week of December after the Big Ten ACC Challenge, this is probably as, as good as I felt about the league's chances of breaking that drought. So very encouraging, very encouraging. Um, as far as the, the actual games itself, um, I touched on the Michigan-Louisville one. I think if you're a Michigan fan, got to be very encouraged by what the team did in the Bahamas, beating Gonzaga, beating UNC, beating Iowa State. And frankly, I, I wouldn't panic much over a road loss to Louisville. Um, you know, the number one team in college basketball, at least according to the polls and Ken Palm. To me, that is not something to really freak out about. Winning on the road is really tough in college basketball. And to me, that, that was one of those losses. It reminds me, you know, if you're a if you've been following Michigan, a couple years ago they, they made a great run in the, the tournament and but they had this one loss, this blowout loss to Nebraska. Um, I think, yeah, this was two years ago when the Big Ten played in uh, New York City for the Big Ten tournament, and they compressed the schedule. So all the games were really close together. You would get three games in a week, uh, weird things like that. And Michigan, one night, it was a Thursday night game. They were playing well, but went on the road and just got smacked by Nebraska. And this loss to Louisville just to me came across the exact same way as that game it just seemed like a schedule loss just based on you know where you were playing the week before uh and things of that nature so I think Michigan's still in great shape their resume looks great right now obviously and we'll see what they can do going forward as I mentioned they have Iowa on Friday um the couple couple other of the the big marquee games that I really want to touch on um Purdue and Ohio State both of them, I, I think the analysis for both of these generally are pretty much the same. Obviously more impressed with Ohio State given the fact that they're still undefeated and really Cincinnati was probably the toughest challenge they've had to date, at least as far as the final result is concerned. So great start for Ohio State. They look like a Final Four team right now to me, um, if not better. And I think if you're a Buckeye fan, you got to be really thrilled with what Chris Holtman's done. And Caleb Wesson just killing it down low. Best big man in the Big Ten, I, I think, at this point in the season. Um, and then DJ Carton's been a huge difference, as, as well as Walker in the backcourt. So, um, And then, of course, too, one other guy I just want to give a shout-out to is uh, Kyle Young. Really improved this year, liking what I'm seeing from him a lot more. He's a guy who I think has been lost in the mix a little bit over the last couple of years and getting a great opportunity this year in delivering. So Ohio State rolling, obviously in great shape. They get Penn State on Saturday at home. Look, that should be a win on paper for the Buckeyes, but Penn State has been feisty as well. Uh, a team that also picked up a win in the Big Ten tournament, or not Big Ten tournament, Big Ten ACC Challenge. So uh, both those teams trending up should be a, a fun one on Saturday. Um, and then the other team that I had mentioned was Purdue. Blowout win over Virginia. Little bit of revenge for last year's Elite Eight loss to the Cavaliers. Um really just a dominant performance for Purdue. Virginia could never get anything going offensively. Purdue's offense delivered against what was a very, very uh, great 
Virginia defense to date. And I think the Boilermakers, this in a lot of ways validates what they've done so far this year. They've been great in the computer numbers since opening tip, but they've let all their marquee opportunities slip away to date. Um, But this one, they deliver. They beat Virginia at home. That is going to be a huge win um, on Selection Sunday. I don't care what people think about Virginia. I, To me, I'd, I'd bet my money when we get around to uh, the last couple of weeks of February, they're going to be right there with, with anybody else. So that's going to be a great win for Purdue. Um, then the last, the last truly marquee matchup of the Big Ten ACC Challenge that I really want to hit on was Michigan State's loss to Duke. As I mentioned, I, I got a chance to go out for that game. Great atmosphere. It was a lot of fun uh, to see Duke and Michigan State play a game of, of that nature. As far as the Spartans are concerned, obviously a very frustrating loss. You know, Duke came out and really just took it to them. Um, you know, uh, inside, they, they were really pounding it. Um, down low, Michigan State tried to work work a few different sets there but couldn't slow them down and they just nailed threes all night for for duke so tough loss for michigan state the spartans i believe now are five and three they lost to virginia tech they lost to kentucky and they lost to duke at home uh for the big 10 acc challenge i think if I'm a Spartan fan, obviously you're you're frustrated. This is a team that was ranked number one preseason, expected to not only win the Big Ten but win it comfortably, um, and to have a serious shot to win it all um, on Monday night in April. But I just, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not overreacting on this team. Michigan State has come out of the gates very slow the last couple of years, um, almost always have delivered. When we got to February and March, I still think this is a great team. I think they got to figure out a couple of things offensively. Specifically, I think they are so, so reliant on the ball screen game with Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. And I think that is a really great tool to have. You know, it's it's effective. Don't get me wrong. Cassius Winston's an outstanding player. So is Tillman. And if you can pound that and, and beat people with it, you know, go for it. But I think the better defensive teams that can come out and, and bring pressure on the, the perimeter for that kind of stuff, they are not going to be uh, beaten solely by that. You got to have, you know, a change up in your back pocket. You got to have another weapon or two that you can throw out there. And right now, I think, you know, Watts. At times, you know, he, he can he can dial up something for himself. Um, but, you know, last year, you know, it was that ball screen game, of course, that, that did a lot. But a lot of times it was Cassius Winston in the lane throwing it out to a shooter who would just kill an opponent. And Michigan State, they don't have McQuaid or, or Goins out there right now. And those guys delivered from three all, you know, February, all March last year. And for me... The shooters right now, they're hesitant, um, especially against Duke, you know, the teams with the defensive length. And what Michigan State's going to need, they're going to need somebody else who can facilitate, which I think they're trying to do with Watts in the lineup. But, you know, you're going to need either some shooters or a guy who can just go one-on-one and get you buckets uh, to spread things out a little bit. So I, I think if I'm a Spartan fan... I think that's something they're going to be able to find. You know, they they have 
some young guys as well that are are going to get better. You know, you expect Henry to play better moving forward. Um, Hall has shown some things early on. So, I mean, they're going to find a couple things. And the defense, I, I still think the defense is solid. Frankly, I, I think Duke just had a great night um, in how they played. And obviously, Duke's a great team too. So, uh, you know, let's not forget that as well. But I think Michigan State's in fine shape, and frankly, I, I think they'll get there, but should be fun to watch. As far as other takeaways uh, of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, as far as a game-by-game game result, um, you know, not not a ton. To, it, it's, I, well, I guess on the other side, you know, teams that I'm not panicking on, uh, should talk about some teams that I, I am a little bit down on. Um, first, Nebraska, they go on the road, they get smacked by Georgia Tech. They're now sitting at 500 on the season. I never like to tell people to throw in the towel in December, but um, this is one of the weaker Big Ten teams I, I think we've seen in a bit. And, you know, for all the reasons I talked about, you know, 20 minutes ago or, or whatever it has been now, Big Ten's really good at the top this year. I think it could be a long year for Nebraska. I I don't think I'm out on a limb there, but um, Nebraska, it's going to be some tough sledding. I honestly think, you know, for Hoiberg, it's got to be about keeping guys engaged, try to develop uh, some of your young guys and and work because they got some guy. I think they got a couple guys coming off red shirts for next season. Um, They're going to get a chance to reload uh, this offseason. Really, the focus has got to be on next year. Try to get a couple wins. You know, they get Creighton this weekend. That's a chance to add a win that the fans will very much value. So try to get a couple of those, you know, something to hang your hat on and and go into the offseason. Another team uh, that I'm a little frustrated with, Illinois, blew a game against Miami on on Monday night uh, to open up the, the challenge this week. Illinois, to me, at times, they've they've looked really, really good and like a clear NCAA tournament team. And then at other times, you know, they just they look so flat. They look uh, just so underwhelming out there. And I, I think a lot of it may be a byproduct of, of the scheme that they play. You know, so up-tempo, it, it results in a lot of turnovers, which I, I think has hurt them a lot the last couple of years. But this is a team, they have too much talent to be losing to a team like Miami at home. That should have been a win. And frankly, now, I'm not going to say it's a bad loss, but I think it's going to be a notch above that by the time we hit Selection Sunday. And for a team that very much is probably going to be competing on the bubble this year, that is not something you want on your resume. I mean, the Big Ten is going to be brutal this year. And you know, I, if I'm an Illinois fan, I'm concerned about that and the fact that they, they've they let a lot of games. You know, this is the first time they've gotten bitten because their only loss coming in was Arizona on the road, which, again, you, you can't get too upset about that one. But they've let a, a couple other ones almost slip away. You know, they had to win one of these. I think it was Nichols State in overtime. I mean, uh, a lot of those results where you could see, you know, they're going to get bit by one of these, and they did on Monday night against Miami. We'll see how Illinois responds, but disappointing loss there. Still think they're on the right side of things as we sit here today, but, you know, you 
you don't want that turning into more. I'll leave it at that. Um, and then the last the last team I I wanted to to touch on Wisconsin. Frustrating frustrating loss to NC State on uh, Wednesday night on the road. I'm not going to say that was a game I expected Wisconsin to win, but the Badgers came out really flat last week in New York. They lost to Richmond and I believe New Mexico on neutral floor. Neither of those teams are great. And then they follow it up with a road loss to NC State on Wednesday. This team, I mean, Wisconsin has always been dangerous at home. You know, they have a great home court advantage. And guard has shown that they're always a tough team to beat uh, in Madison. But I got to be honest, this this to me does not look like a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament at this point. It's still very, very early. Um, but they already have two losses that... I'll, I'll say it, I, I think are going to be bad ones when all said and done, the Richmond and New Mexico losses. And then the NC State one, you know, that's not going to go down as a bad loss, but that's a missed opportunity. And I think you, know, you, you hit a certain point where you start saying, okay, you know, this isn't one game anymore. This isn't two. Um, we got to the point, they've played eight games now, and they're, they're basically 500 here. And I we'll see. How things go, as I noted earlier, they get a big game against Indiana on Saturday, and winning that one would really, I think, uh, get some good momentum going in Madison about this team. But overall, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But they're a team that, you know, frankly, I I know some people thought they could be a, a solid NCAA tournament team this year. I was not quite as high on them, but. As we sit here today, I I think it's an uphill battle. Now, again, I'll say this 15 times on this podcast if I have to, but it's still early, plenty of time. You know, every team has a chance. You know, you can win the Big Ten tournament, so nobody's done, no matter what. But uh, as we all know, but yeah, it, it's starting to get a little late fast for Wisconsin, I think, and you know they're going to be. Uh, up against some some big games here where they need to deliver and I think on Saturday that's a game that Wisconsin if if they're going to do it this year that is a a big time opportunity so those are three teams I'm a little down on one other team I'm going to give a well two teams I'm going to give a quick shout out on not not any extended analysis but Indiana and Penn State Nice, nice play so far to date. Indiana scores a nice win over Florida State earlier this week. Touchdown Penn State's win over Wake Forest. But Penn State's only got one loss on the year. Um, And Indiana undefeated. I think they're on the borderline of the the top 25. Um, They have that game at Wisconsin on Saturday. If they win that game, they're going to be in the top 25 next week. I I would bet a lot of money on that one. Um, And they should. I, I think they've earned it so far. They've played really well and you know we'll see if they can deliver on it you know Archie Miller's had a few hot starts that kind of went off the rails shall we say um but overall I I think he started well and I think this Indiana team's pretty good so if you're a Hoosier fan definitely be excited same with the Nittany Lions great start both of them look like NCAA tournament teams at this time be huge for Pat Chambers and that Penn State program if they can pull it off but with that, I'm, I'm going to call it a, a day here as far as the podcast is concerned. Um, as I mentioned, we should be dropping a roundtable here about the whole Big Ten ACC Challenge. Otherwise, definitely check out the site as, as we continue to have our you know daily coverage for the Big Ten. 
as well as uh, check us out on Twitter at TBendit and at BT Powerhouse. Thank you all again. Um, and with that, I'll see you guys next time.